Hello and welcome to Scary Pair, a horror movie podcast between partners. I'm Nine. And I'm Opal. We started. I, I tried to startle you. We, we were just staring at each other for a little while. That's the part where the twinkly music would be playing over the, the soundtrack. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, we watched uh, Suspiria 1977? Yeah, 77. Yeah, uh, by Dario Argento. Uh, it was good. We'll get into it in a minute. But uh, first, Opal, what have we been doing this week? Yeah, that's not the only foundational 70s horror that we saw this week, it turns out. Uh, we decided to watch Blood on Satan's Claw, which was... It was weird. <sighs> I mean... <laughs> I didn't love it. I feel like I had higher expectations because... You know, I've seen Witchfinder General, and I love The Wicker Man, and I really, really like those movies, so I guess I expected to like that one too, but it was just way different. I can't deny that it was, like, a beautifully shot movie, but... It looks gorgeous. There are a bunch of shots of the English countryside that look just beautiful, but I didn't love it. I didn't love it either. It was... The plot was weird, and parts felt exploitational, and... Uh, very, Yeah. (laughs) It's, I mean, you kind of grow to expect it, but it was very, um... It was a little disappointing. Yeah. Uh, but we did watch a good movie. Uh, yes. Not a horror movie, but we watched 12 Angry Men by Sandy Lumet, uh, the 50s film. Neither of us had seen it. That's a good fucking movie. It is a good movie. Uh, we should watch more, like, older movies. I feel like every time I we would. do, we have a good time. I, I absolutely would. Um... I'm mostly into, you know, mysteries if I'm watching something really old, but yeah. I mean, that one was really good. That was a good suggestion. Yeah. Um, but I think that's all we have for news. I think so. Should we get into the film? Let's get into Thethperia. Thethperia. Let's get into Thethperia. Let's get into it. (laughs) All right. Uh, A little background before we start. Uh, So this is uh, an Italian film. Uh, Dario Gento is our talent. Is uh, Italian. Our Italian. Our Italian. (laughs) That boy's our Italian. But it's dubbed over. Uh, in English. You can tell. <laughs> Apparently, uh, the actual shooting for this movie was very weird because some of the actors and actresses didn't speak the same language. So yeah. people were just speaking in like their native language because they knew it was going to get dubbed over. Uh, and it was very confusing. Yeah, so some people do better with the dubbing than others, I would say. Uh, but yeah, this is a... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a pretty straight up horror film. Um, I guess that's enough background. We can get into the summary. It's about uh, a dance school in Germany. Yes. Uh, we actually open with the opening credits uh, that tell us in, in voiceover that Susie Banyan is going to study ballet in Freiburg, Germany. Um, the credits are interesting. Uh, I've never seen any uh, Argento movies. I looked it up. This is my first one. Uh, Besides this one, I don't think I've seen any of the other ones either. But I think I would watch more. After it makes me this. more interested in things like Deep Red and the one that follows this Inferno. Yeah. Um, and hey, he's still alive. 
He, he was in, uh, he's 81. He was, acted in a movie, like, last year. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What so did he knows? act in? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I think it was just a bit part. Okay. Um, we also get the credit that this movie is scored by the Goblins. It's, they are not called the Goblins. It, it's what they're called in the credits. Uh, they, they are the Italian prog rock band Goblin. Yeah, they're called Goblin. Uh but they are credited as the goblins. That's, that guy, that gave me a laugh. <laughs> uh, I thought this is really funny because so they they're famous for doing a bunch of Argento movie scores. Um, but funnily enough, I just like casually listened to their music for a long time before I oh, ever knew about believe it. Believe me, I know we share a Spotify. <laughs> I have seen Goblin come up, and I'm like, who's listening to Goblin? And I don't know why I asked that question. It can only be me or you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I like prog rock, and uh, you know, it's on brand for me. This film score is very famous. It is probably regarded as some of their better work. And boy, do we hear a lot of it. That's true. Um, yeah, the like main theme basically plays over every tense bit of the whole movie. You know, I, I thought I remembered it playing more than it actually did. I don't know. I felt like it played a lot. Maybe, maybe <laughs> three a little, or four times. I was a little sick of it by the end, if I'm honest. I mean... We're going to get into it, but this movie has uh, one trick, and it loves to do its one cool trick, and that's uh, put a color filter over something and play that main theme. And you know what? I love it. I still <laughs> love it. It's good. I do love it. Uh... So yeah, we see uh, Susie in the airport, uh, looking very nineteen seventies. Um, you, you know what? We you know what's there to greet her as soon as she steps out of the airport. What McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Also, uh, the music does this thing that it never does at any point in the movie, where it cuts scene to scene, so or shot to shot, even in the funny. same scene. So she'll be like walking through the airport. And it'll be like, bling, ba, bling, ba, bling, ba, bling, ba, bling, and then it'll show like a different shot. <laughs> that does not sound like a <laughs> And it'll show a different shot and it'll be silent. And then it'll cut back and it'll be like, I completely forgot about that part. <laughs> it was very funny. Uh, she like runs out into the rainy street trying to get a taxi. Uh, I have a note here that the colors are already off the chain in this movie yeah they don't really hold back with the color stuff this was apparently one of the last films shot in technicolor, technicolor. yeah i yeah. saw the same because uh argento wanted that really vivid look that you know technicolor has and... yeah you can tell it's kind of the same technique used for the wizard of oz and kind of really really vivid early movies that look like that yeah and uh, i guess that's a lot of what they're going for visually throughout the movie um, I feel like colors aren't that bright now. I don't know. There's something <laughs> unique about it. I mean, yeah, it's great. Um, uh, Susie arrives at the dance academy that she's going to be studying at. Um, and as she gets there, a woman is fleeing in a panic. And uh, she's not uh, let in when she tries to get in over the intercom. I feel like this is normal for dance school. <laughs> Maybe European dance school. I don't know. All dance schools are pretty rough. Oh, you from mean what I understand. you mean the like girls running out in tears? Yes, like, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. No, I think like they mention it like later on that it's like, oh well, you know, she was just causing trouble, and it's like, I guess you know. I guess. Um, the music is like really roaring throughout this whole bit. Um, 
the uh, woman who kind of was fleeing, she checks into this crazy looking hotel. Oh yeah, or... there are some wild wallpapers in this movie. Yeah, um, I guess she's like meeting a friend because um, she got kicked out. But she's clearly like disturbed by something she she saw at the academy more than she is upset about being expelled. Yeah, she's really on edge the whole time. Um, we get another blast of the music, which is o- almost a little bit cacophonous and makes it hard to think at times. The other but... part of the soundtrack that isn't the main theme is really chaotic and yeah. cacophonous, but I, um, I kind of like that. You know, it's it's in service of a vibe, which I really appreciate. I appreciate it. I feel like, I also feel like kind of the overuse of soundtrack is very um, 70s, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can talk about it now, but like, this movie loves to hit you with a big color filter and a big, like, shot of that music anytime anything's going on, and like... It is in service to a style, and I love stylistic movies, but it it is an overuse for sure. It is every single time. I don't know. I think think this movie is unique enough that I don't really get annoyed with it, which is more than I can say for the first time I saw it. Do you want to talk about that? Okay, yeah. The first time I saw Suspiria, I didn't like it that much. And before you come at me with, like, pitchforks, I know, I know it's kind of, but I I had a headache. Yeah. <laughs> and you know how old movies kind of have that tinny peaking sound that just reverberates? That was getting me really bad yeah. with the soundtrack. It was getting me tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I, just... I, I, had a, I had a root canal today. <laughs> uh, I'm feeling fine, but the tinniness definitely hit me a little Just, bit. I, I might have been hungover, but it was annoying me. <laughs> the soundtrack was annoying me, and it made me not like it, but I'm really glad that I got to have fresh eyes on it, finally. Yeah, I, I think we both enjoyed our viewing a lot this time. Yeah. Uh, but back to the movie, uh, the woman uh, looks out the window, and she sees a pair of eyes looking out at her. And a hairy arm kind of like breaks through and grabs her and she screams and she is um, stabbed to death. Um, uh, it's really visceral. Just like a lot of movies kind of get creative with their kills now. But there's something just very uh, disturbing about seeing someone get stabbed over and over again, I would say. Well, and then it tops it even because she like falls through this like stained yeah, glass she sets ceiling off the mouse trap contraption <laughs> <laughs> she yeah she gets strung up by like this cord as she's falling and uh it loops around her neck and she dangles as though she were hung basically yeah um and it, as part of breaking through like this skylight her friend is impaled by the falling debris yeah um which yeah it's like pretty visceral for sure it's it's a wild murder scene. <laughs> An opening scene, it definitely like sets you on edge. Yeah. Um, the next day, uh, Susie returns to the academy and is able to enter. Um, we didn't talk about it at all, but it's this all red building with like this gold and black ornamental trim that looks really dramatic and cool. Yeah, it's a it's a real famous building also on the at least the facade is yeah um Susie is greeted by a miss tanner uh i didn't mention it but uh Susie 
is played by Jessica Harper. And Miss Tanner is Alita Valley. Uh, she's the instructor or an instructor uh, who introduces her to Madame Blanc, played by Joan Bennett. Uh, Madame Blanc is familiar with Susie's aunt, who I guess was also a dancer. Um, and she tells Susie about the murder that happened the previous night. Uh, and also that she has to pay for room and board, which is going to be off campus with another student because there's no room for her, apparently. Yeah. It seems like that should be a part of the contract somewhere. <laughs> right? They should tell you. Uh, the police are there for questioning, and Susie lets them know that, like, hey, I think I saw that girl the previous night. She was, like, disturbed or whatever. Uh, there are some capital C characters here, uh, like Pavlos, who's a weird-looking guy who uh, we learn through a line of dialogue has no teeth. <laughs> He's also Romanian and doesn't understand English. Uh, and also a weird little nephew boy of Madame Blanc. And this little German boy, this blood-smoking German boy. He looks like he's about to dip into a chocolate fountain. <laughs> and be lost forever. Yeah. Uh, Miss Tanner introduces Susie to the other dancers. Uh, she meets Sarah, played by Stefania Cassini, who seems friendly. And Olga, played by Barbara Magnolfi, who is uh, going to be her landlord. Uh, she's a bit weird and aggressive uh we cut to her apartment where she's got some crazy wallpaper every room has crazy wallpaper you might as well just say that for every single <laughs> scene that happens also i gotta say this movie is full of just like brunette women with skinny dancers bodies and i wouldn't blame anyone if they got a lot of them mixed <laughs> up the the like Opening switch where it goes from Susie to the woman who we see murdered, it like took me a minute before it looks I'm like... a little bit like her. She has the same hairstyle a little bit. Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, this is a different person. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, Olga tells Susie that uh, Pat, the girl who died, was a busybody and that nobody <laughs> liked her. Damn! <laughs> that sucks. Uh... The next day, uh, Susie is offered a free uh, room at the Academy for Madame Blanc, but she declines. Uh, as she's, like, walking down the hallway, this creepy old lady uh, shines a light in her face. And... She's, like, shining some silverware or something, and it reflects onto her face. Uh, and it, like, makes her faint, basically. Yeah. Um, well, she's a little bit shaken, but then she goes to dance practice where she's kind of pushed into performing even though she doesn't feel well at that point she kind of faints and falls over yeah um she wakes up in the infirmary and madame blank tells her that uh olga has kicked her out <laughs> and she now has to stay at the school and a uh, professor vertigast uh puts her on a restricted diet yeah it seems the restricted diet is like fish and wine which <laughs> from is... what we see yeah <laughs> Uh, she goes to rest in her room and finds maggots all over her comb and then the ceiling. And apparently, uh, the whole floor is infested. <laughs> all these girls screaming with maggots on them. Uh, they go to investigate and, uh, and an upstairs room is covered in maggots. There's like a crate full of uh, what we're told is food that has spoiled. It looks like sausage. I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> it looks like sausages. It looks like a bunch of maggots is what it looks like. Uh, 
They turn the practice hall into a dormitory for the night. Um, we learn that the teachers don't actually live at the school. Um, there's like a boy who's flirting with Susie. Uh, he delivered her luggage to her earlier, but he kind of disappears later in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he's not much of a character. Um, that night, Susie and Sarah hear a strange noise. There's like a woman on a sheet breathing weird. Uh, it's a creepy snore, but also it's kind of rude, isn't it? <laughs> to just like call out someone's particular snore. Uh, Sarah tells Susie about uh, this one time she heard this strange noise, the same strange noise while staying at the school, and it must be the directress. Um, but she's not supposed to be staying there. Question mark. Yeah. Uh, the next day, in fact, Miss Tanner denies that the directress was there. Also that day, uh, a blind pianist guy named Daniel, uh, he has a cute German shepherd who attacks the weird nephew boy. We don't see it happen, but it is told that has happened. Yeah, uh, we're told that it took a chunk out of him. Uh, <laughs> and Daniel is fired slash quits somewhat unceremoniously. Um, I will never pet und dog in again. <laughs> yeah, uh, Daniel seems to think that like his dog is like a perfectly nice dog and would never hurt anyone unless provoked. So. That's what they all say. You know? <laughs> that is what they all say. That is say. what they all say. But also, I wasn't really aware that German Shepherds were an ideal service animal. I always got the impression they were a little bit hyper, but I guess in theory, like, any dog probably could be. Who knows? Uh, Susie and Sarah are having a conversation. Uh, Susie doesn't think that the teachers are actually leaving the school based on um, the sound of their footsteps. They're actually going somewhere inside the school. And Sarah kind of tries to count their footsteps to figure out where they're going. Yeah, she tries to wake Susie up, but it's not really working. She's all groggy. You, you kind of get what's going on already, that she won't wake up. Yeah. Um, we cut to Daniel, who is enjoying a German beer hall performance. There's some guys up on tables in weird shorts doing a little dance. I don't know if this is what beer halls are like if there are just dudes hugging each other and slapping each other and it's really loud. Seems and it's like a dark. great time. I, maybe. I don't. It seems like a nightmare to me, but whatever you want. Uh, on Daniel's way home, uh, his dog gets all worked up about something. Uh, you see like a weird shot of like a shadow flying overhead. We get like some percussion-y wailing music. <laughs> And uh, abruptly, the dog kind of jumps up and tears out Daniel's throat. Yeah, this is kind of a creepy scene where, like, he's surrounded by this uh, this kind of old architecture. And you look up and you see a statue. And then you turn back and the statue is gone. And just, there's a weird loneliness where he's in the middle of the square by himself with his dog freaking out. And... Yeah, this shot's incredible. I guess they shot it at the Munich City Square. Yeah. Um, it just looks incredible. It's like this big open square. Uh, Opal joked here that this is where Abraham Lincoln lives. <laughs> <laughs> because there are like these column buildings that look like the <laughs> Lincoln Memorial. Am I wrong? <laughs> uh... The next day, the girls joke that maybe there's some kind of hex at the school or that they should call an exorcist. No way. Never. <laughs> uh, Susie meets with uh, Madame Blanc and tells her that she heard uh, Pat say the words secret and iris when she was leaving the school. Yeah, and you see her funky wallpaper behind her. More funky wallpaper. Yeah. Uh, 
Sarah tells Susie that Pat was in hysterics the night she left, and um, she seems kind of determined to investigate Pat's death. Um, I guess Pat had given Sarah some notes before she left, but they've been stolen from her uh, before she can read them. Um, Sarah's kind of panicked at this point, and she tells Susie she's figured out how to figure out where the teachers are going at night, um, and asks if she knows anything about witches. Yeah, she she tells her that she only told one other person, but I didn't catch who else she told. I don't about know. About the notes. I don't know. I didn't catch it either. Um, maybe it was Daniel, because he's also been messed up. Who knows? Yeah, but uh, it's... It's fun how her vision is fading in and out when she's really tired and she's like, have you heard about witches? <laughs> yeah, Susie is a sleepy TM uh, and Sarah kind of like flees from this mysterious attacker. Um, we get more wailing music here. Uh, same stuff as when Daniel was killed. Um, Sarah like gets herself locked into a room, um, but the killer is going to like come through or the attacker anyway is going to come through the door. Um, so she kind of flees up out of a window, but falls into a pit of wires. It's another, it's another mouse trap, saw this is, trap. This is, yeah, I call this a saw trap. <laughs> it literally is. Uh, she gets uh, ensnared in the in the wire, and then the attacker catches up to her and cuts her throat. I think I could get out of this. Are you sure? Yeah. How would you do it? Climb out. <laughs> oh yeah, just as easy as that, huh? <laughs> I'd just walk away. I would simply not be ensnared by the trap. Yeah, I'm built different. I would simply look down before I jumped down into a room. <laughs> it seems like it could be solved by doing that, yes, doesn't it? Uh, the next morning, uh, Mrs. Tanner tells Susie that Sarah's just gone and disappeared. Uh, and there's this phony story about her getting in somebody's car. Um... Susie goes to meet with uh, Sarah's psychiatrist slash friend. She, there's, there's a sign that says psychiatry meeting. And she's like, I didn't know you were a psychiatrist. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Um, he doesn't know where she is. And he tried to call her dad, but uh, her dad wasn't in town. Um, he tells her that uh, Sarah was really bothered because her friend had discovered that the Academy was founded by... Helena Marcos, a suspected witch, went by the name of the Black Queen. We can just say confirmed. I think. <laughs> a confirmed witch. Apparently she perished in a fire and the school stopped studying the occult. Um, the psychiatrist thinks that uh, belief in the occult is fueled by mental illness, which is strange. <laughs> it's an interesting take. I'm just going to say it's very... Uh, German psychiatrist in the 1970s, if you have to think that. Yeah, he's just after that Reddit karma. <laughs> he introduces her to a uh, Dr. Milius, who's an occult expert. Uh, he, this guy's more excited about witches. He, he asks, uh, uh, the psychiatrist asks Dr. Milius, can you tell her about something about the mysterious? <laughs> the <laughs> which, mysterious! Which I think is a great line. <laughs> Uh, Milius tells Susie that uh, witches have tremendous powers, but that they only do harm, uh, and that their goal is to accumulate wealth. Um, he also says that a coven of witches without their leader is harmless, but that magic is everywhere, all over the world. I don't know if this has any root in folklore or anything, but it's a very 
very specific <laughs> definition of a kind of witch. Yeah, he specifically says that, like, a queen has 100 times the power of the rest of the coven, which, like, where are you doing this calculation, German guy? I don't know. I think he made it up. <laughs> Uh, back at the academy, all of the students have gone to a performance, leaving Susie alone. Um, Been there. She tries to... Have you? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she tries to call someone for help, but the phone line goes out. Um, she decides to stop eating her special diet because she's figured out it's what's making her so uh, sleepy, TM. I mean, I think you would pick up on it after the first time <laughs> that you're drugged, that you're not fucking waking up. Uh, she then... Gets randomly attacked by a bat, which mostly just flops around helplessly until she smashes it really with a chair. It's a really fat bat puppet. <laughs> it's just a little bat puppet. Yeah. I can't be scared of it. It, it falls, <laughs> okay, but it is coming for her when it falls to the ground. You know how, like, an Elden Ring, like, the flying enemies can't go up ladders? Like, after they fall? <laughs> like, it does that. That's what happens to the bat. It's stuck on the ground. <laughs> Uh, later that night, Susie remembers her conversation with Sarah about the teacher staying inside the school. Um, and she also counts the footsteps to kind of try and suss out where they're going. Um, I wrote here that this is when the stylistic choices were starting to bother me a little <laughs> bit. Because the music was just really cacophonous and the color overlays were just, they're really striking and beautiful. But it's every time anything happens. Well, this is the very, very end of the movie. <laughs> So you, if it got you at that point, you don't have to tolerate it that much longer. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Susie uh, sneaks past some kitchen ladies to get into uh, Madame Blanc's office, which is where the footsteps stop. Um, she remembers Pat saying to turn the blue iris and discovers a secret door among the funky wallpaper. Yeah, we, we saw that Netflix show about that lady that builds sex dungeons. And I think if anything, <laughs> I've learned that... You just really need a secret door in your house if you know what's up. If you had a secret door in your house, where would you put it? In the wall. <laughs> okay, but... I'm trying to which... think what's something that no one would touch. I, w I want to do it Minecraft style. It's behind a painting. Okay. Uh, like a, right. big conspicuous <laughs> a big painting. conspicuous painting. Alright. Uh... That's not a very good spot. No one will ever, no one will mess with a big conspicuous painting. No. <laughs> um, Susie follows a secret passage and overhears a conversation uh, amongst the teachers about how she needs to be killed. Uh, and she discovers uh, Sarah's dead body. Um, Madame Blanc is also doing some kind of ritual to draw power from Helena. She, like, invokes her. Um, yeah, Sarah's kind of weirdly pinned like a butterfly which I think is interesting. It's creepy looking. Uh, Susie uh, is almost caught at this point, so she goes to hide in a room, um, and it's the room where the same uh, moaning woman uh, is is resting. The whistly <laughs> snoring. <laughs> uh, we find out that this is, in fact, uh, Helena Marcus. Um, she kind of taunts Susie, who tries to stab her, but then Helena like disappears and the, Sarah's reanimated corpse enters the room to attack Susie. Um, That's kind of creepy. At kind of the last minute, though, Susie can see Helena's, like, illuminated outline. And she stabs her through the neck with this just, like, 
random piece of like a chandelier that fell over or yeah, something. Yeah, she, she's a 70s After Effects laser, which was in every movie. <laughs> uh, and this kills her. Uh, at this point, the room starts to like tear itself apart, um, including like the witches themselves seem to be like... Yeah, they all just start dying. Yeah, they all just start like kind of flailing around. Yeah, and the <laughs> um, school just kind of tears itself apart. Yep. Uh, and she runs out into the rain as the building catches fire, and we roll credits. That's the movie. That's Hysteria. That was good. That was a good movie. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that you liked it, because I really enjoyed it myself, too, even if my first viewing wasn't as favorable. You know, you said earlier, like, no, nobody come for you for not, like, loving the movie the first time. And, like, it's a good movie. I really enjoyed it. I liked the stylistic choices even if i thought they were maybe a little heavy-handed but like people talk about that movie like it's one of the greatest movies of all time and like a complete and total classic and like it's a good movie i had a great time but i don't know about i don't know about all that i mean i think i wasn't as into it as a younger teen because it is kind of like this loud overstimulating soundtrack and visuals and then just in the middle like there's kind of nothing happening between those moments and I could see people kind of getting bothered by that pacing a little bit but I don't mind it as much but I mean just in terms of like the story that's being told and like the beats and like the drama of it it's like yeah this is a a nice stylistic 70s horror movie I've seen a few of these they're all pretty good you know like yeah, but you can't really say that there's any other movie that looks like this one or feels like this one. I feel like this this is a good segue into doing our ratings and we can talk about some of this stuff in depth and then we can close with some final background on the movie. Sure. Okay. Uh, so spookiness rating. How scary was it? Um, kind of what are the spooky vibes coming off of it? What What would you give it? I think I'm not very technically scared by older movies anymore, but it does have some really creepy, interesting visuals, so I almost want to give it a three, just right in the middle, just for hitting that sweet spot of, oh, this doesn't really affect me in that way anymore, but I can see how it could be really scary. Um, yeah, I mean, I like the scares in this movie. I feel like the fact that they, all of the tense moments kind of pull from the same um kind of spooky palette hurts it a little bit just because you kind of see everything coming and it's very sort of like a little bit of drawn in setup and then punchline but the punchlines are good all the all the like effects are very technically well done i think it's got a creepy vibe i think the vibe of like a a cult dance school in Germany is really good. It's really cool. I, I said all the wallpapers are really crazy, and a lot of them are really gaudy, and the patterns are really busy. But, you know, I don't hate any of them. I no. would love to have any of these <laughs> wallpapers, quite frankly. Uh, I think for spookiness, I'll give it I'll give it a three, yeah, because it, there's just not a lot of, like, actual scares in it. Um, I wasn't, like, scared by the movie, but I do love a lot of what it's doing. Yeah, it's it's got some really cool effects for sure. Like when the the dog murder scene, there's some really uh meaty viscera kind of being eaten. <laughs> yeah, no, I I like the the blood and guts in this movie it's, for sure. It's got that really bright neon red 70s movie blood that <laughs> yeah. is fun. 
Um, next is watchability. Uh, how easy is it to, to kind of just throw this movie on and have a good time? Uh, more sort of vibes. Uh, what, what would you give it for watchability? For this time around, I would give it a four. Just because I, it kept my attention and I thought it was really, really interesting visually. And it, it was just really fun to watch through this time. But if you have a hangover, maybe it's a one. <laughs> Yeah, I think I would give it like a three for watchability just because like maybe a three and a half because I do feel like some of it is a little heavy handed and I do feel like um, some of the pacing is a little weird, Um, but I had a great time watching it. I would definitely like watch this movie anytime, honestly, so I I can't give it like lower than three and a half, I think. Yeah, that's fair enough. But now it's time to really award some fucking points to this movie. It's time for the Vincent Price vamp rating uh this is the campiness kind of the vibes the performances um this is getting another 75 right like i think it has to be a four i think the dubbing hurts the acting a lot that that's a great point that's a great point i think i'm only gonna deduct like half a point from it for the dubbing because it is ridiculous (laughs) ridiculous <laughs> it's a ridiculous movie it gets uh, it's way up there for sure but i feel like i have to save my fives for the legendary legends <laughs> all right so uh that's a total of 11 points for both of us i think um yeah because i gave that a 3.5 a 4.5 and a three and you this gave is it a the four, really four exciting part of the podcast where we do math that's right. So we both give it, uh, you know, an 11 out of 15, which is pretty good. Um, I feel like, if anything, that's a little low for how I felt about it, because I thought it was great. Um, I don't have any bonus points to give it, though. Oh, you don't? No. <laughs> I mean, I love a coven of witches, don't get me wrong. Well, Helena Marcos has those same black stiletto falsies that I also <laughs> wear, so I have to give her, like, one point for that. All right, hell yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we both really liked it, but I don't think it's by any means like our favorite movie that we've watched so far. Like we watched, um, Black Christmas, for example, and I think that's like a, a better 70s horror film. I don't know. I think they're comparable for me. I I like them both a lot. I do feel like they're in the same like ballpark for sure. I love them both. Um, I'm learning that I just really love 70s horror for the most part. We've been Um, watching a lot of it lately, to be fair. Um, But yeah, I mean, I've talked about on previous episodes that like I wish more movies would like take a big swing with doing something stylistic and cool. And this movie absolutely Absolutely. took a big swing. Yeah. I think for the most part, yeah, it pays off. I mean, I was a little not charmed by it, but I didn't hate it by any means. Like, I'm glad it's like that because I think it makes the movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know another movie that makes a lot of use out of red and blue, though? Yeah. I know who killed me. (laughs) Oh my god. Are we ever going to do that movie for this podcast? I don't want to. I don't want to see that movie. You don't ever want to see it again. But it's the only other movie I can think of that does red and blue so hard. This movie does red and blue extremely hard. Like, any time it's, like, supposed to be nighttime or anybody, somebody, like, opens a door and, like, steps into a dramatic situation, the whole room is red or blue. (laughs) Yeah, I, I can see... We should probably talk about the 2018 one as well, because we've also seen that one. We have seen that one. Um, 
I could see why people were a little bit let down with the aesthetic of that one compared to this one, if that's their expectation. I feel like that one is, its visual aesthetic is not as pronounced for sure. It's completely the opposite. It's very stark. Yeah, but I really like that movie. I really like it too. I think it's doing a lot more in kind of the storytelling department because this movie, I mean, we should talk about it. It's influenced by like folklore and like old older films like um, Snow White is a big one, uh, The Wizard of Oz. And it's story-wise, it's very that. Um, like it's a, it's a straight line <laughs> pretty much. Uh, girl goes to Dance Academy. Dance Academy is uh, run by a coven of witches. Girl kills the lead witch and escapes like that that's the whole movie um but you know i like the you know the stylized plot to kind of go along with these stylized aesthetics of the movie i think it really works yeah i mean suspiria was very well known when it came out for the time of being a really really violent movie and i think that 2018 one no spoilers or anything but um, uh, yeah it it does something very interesting that i've never seen before (laughs) that's what i'll say yeah i mean i think both movies are aesthetically using violence in a very um compelling way and that's all i'll say about it yeah but basically it's it's not a remake you can't really call it a remake no it borrows the setting and characters and that's where it ends to to me it's more like a a reimagining it's like yeah um, i think so yeah, it's using, like, the same bones to tell, like, a totally different thing. Yeah, it's a completely different movie that's a love letter to Suspiria, I would say. Yeah. You, you can't think of them as the same thing. You have to think of them separately. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, my production notes about this movie, so uh, most of it, um, most of the exterior shots actually were filmed in Rome, which is interesting. That is interesting. Um, and a lot of the interiors were a soundstage um, in Germany. Uh, there's that one bit in the Munich city square, like I mentioned earlier, where Daniel's killed. Uh, I think that's a great Yeah, shot. I think I think a lot of the outdoor scenes are very cool on location shots. Yeah. Um, we mentioned uh, the Technicolor bit for this. Um, I think the really vivid colors give it a almost like it adds definitely to the scares. Um, it's almost like a dreamlike quality to it. It's very acid trip. I feel like people overuse that when they see something like visually exciting or kind of trippy, but I think it's very that. I think you can say that. Yeah, and I mean, I think like we just watched like Crimson Peak, for example, and I think a lot of what like I see Del Toro doing in terms of like pulling from folklore and fairy tales oh, and like it probably wouldn't exist without this one. And use of like big bright colors and things like that is like very this movie. Um so I definitely think influence wise it's Yeah, there. highly influential. Yeah. Um <laughs> apparently uh Daria Nicolodi, who was um Argento's girlfriend at the time, uh, helped write the screenplay. And her contributions were mostly based on this fabricated story that her grandmother used to tell (laughs) about going to practice uh, piano lessons at an academy where she encountered black magic. Grandmas are such liars. I just (laughs) have to say that. I love grandma stories. Grandmas are, they'll just lie as easy as they breathe. (laughs) Listen, uh, grandmothers are storytellers. (laughs) Um, 
And then in terms of the casting, um, I thought it was interesting that Jessica Harper, who plays Susie, um, her main role before this was in a Brian De Palma uh, rock horror opera based on Phantom of the Opera and Faust called Phantom of the Paradise. We might need to watch this movie. I have never heard of that. <laughs> it it has uh, pretty good reviews. Uh, I'm not like a De Palma head or whatever, but... Right. I would totally love to watch that movie. <laughs> it sounds fascinating. Yeah. Uh, she also turned down a role in Annie Hall to be in this. Good. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> Much better movie to be associated with, I feel like. Yeah. It, it ages a lot better. Um, but yeah, I mean, what uh, what are your thoughts on this movie overall? Like, um, was there anything like in production that you thought was really interesting? Or did like... you did you see that they wanted to make a Suspiria anime in Japan? Oh, I totally believe that. I feel like that could be amazing. It would be really, really cool. But there's been no news about it ever since they like talked about it at first, and I feel like it's Dang. probably not going to happen. But I think that would have been awesome. Uh, speaking of like highly influential, this movie has a ton of like other media that is calling back to it or like referencing it. Um, there's ton of like albums. Uh, there's like uh, fantasy stories that reference Suspiria. There's there's a ton. It's really really influential. Uh, probably like one of the most culturally influential movies we've watched. Yeah, I was gonna say this is a very. It's a highly influential, highly regarded movie, but I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough, like out loud. Like yeah. film enjoyers just quietly regard it. In high regards, but it's not something that we talk about a lot. It's like, oh yeah, everyone knows that, like, Suspiria is a big deal and influenced, like, a ton of media, but unless you're specifically talking about it, no one really ever brings it up as a reference in a weird way. I feel like this is almost a a horror 101 movie that you have to see. I think I'd agree with that. I mean, there are so many movies that are doing a lot of this stuff that are really good. And better for this movie existing, I think. Yeah. So I think as far as my final thoughts, I think that is it. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it this time around. I'm glad that I saw it again now that I'm older. And now that I've seen a lot more movies and I can appreciate what it's doing more. I do think that, yes, this is like a a horror, like 101 movie. But also I feel like once you have a little bit of a horror movie palette, you do appreciate a lot of like what this movie is doing. Um, just visually and aesthetically more because so many movies just don't have a strong like aesthetic that they're going for not in that way no um and it really like you know like i said my personal taste is maybe this was a little heavy-handed for me but like i mean i I think it in the world we live in where most movies are just gray it's oh god it's such a breath of fresh air yeah no, I, I, I love it for that. Um, like, I, I still, like, it, I don't think this will go down as, like, one of my favorite movies, exactly. Like, I think it'll go down as a really good horror movie that, like, deserves its influence, basically. But is, like, you know, uh, maybe something that uh, people should keep pulling from. Because I like a lot of what it's doing. Yeah, I think if I watched it a couple more times in the future, I could see this being one of my favorites eventually. It could get there for sure. I mean, I'm really curious to I, see I how I feel about. I can't make the jump about... yet, but you know. <laughs> I mean, this is only my first time seeing it. I'll be really curious to see how I feel about rewatching this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I feel like we should rewatch the 2018 one. I was well. just thinking I, I would love to do that because yeah. uh, it's it's been since 2018 since I saw that movie. Yeah, we saw it a little bit after it came to streaming because there was a little bit of chatter about it. People were kind of excited about it. Yeah, so. and I remember liking it. So I was I'm, really curious. I'm curious to see if I still really like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, in terms of like themes that are going on in the movie story-wise i mean it's about how witches are evil (laughs) (laughs) i mean well it's a very female movie i think it's important well well. i mean yeah i mean almost all of of the characters are women and like there's a lot of female power dynamic politics going on for sure and i think the the jump from a prestigious dance school to a coven is very A to B to me. I think that's very clever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do feel like it's a little bit of, like, maybe commentary about that that I don't appreciate, though. Like, I feel like, you know, it is presenting, like, this idea of a very prestigious and uh, historical, like, female-led organization as being, like, an evil that exists to destroy and uh, create wealth, which, like, I don't know. I think a lot of uh, prestigious European uh, uh, things are like that, but I think it's weird to to call it out specifically as, like, this coven of witches thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, we did just see the blood on Satan's claw, which very much uh, does, does not the... like women. <laughs> yeah, so no. So <laughs> I, I feel like this is very much less of that, but I do see what you're saying and where you might get that. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess that I'll say, like, I think that... Um, I Well, I love what this movie is doing, like, stylistically. In terms of, like, the storytelling, I do feel like it leaves a little to be desired. I do think it's, like, what might keep this from being one of my favorite movies um even if like i I did really enjoy watching it like it didn't affect my enjoyment of just sitting and watching the film it's more about how i feel sitting and thinking about it after watching it yeah i understand that's important to you but also i feel like if something is interesting enough to me like that stuff doesn't bother me as much i can kind of forgive a lot of things if something looks awesome as this does yeah i mean i don't even necessarily look at it as like it's bothering me and i need to forgive it or not necessarily it's just like some of the stuff that i latch onto has themes that like i really that like speak to me on like a a personal level and i don't think this is one of those so it's just like something that's i more see in like what it doesn't have in terms of what it does have yeah Um, i will say that the the newer one has a lot stronger themes in regards to the the female power that I'm kind of speaking to. But it's still very much present, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely there. Um, I think, like, the setting of uh, Germany is really interesting as, like, a particular place in Europe with the history of, like, the occult is really interesting. Um, I think, like... Yeah, the Dance Academy is also, like, really strong. Like, it has this great aesthetic as this, you know... Yes, a lot of it is, like, the set and, like, having, you know, the the big facade that they have and all the crazy wallpaper. But I do think, like, the Dance Academy, like, aesthetic helps this movie a lot. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, Nothing's creepier than dorm. <laughs> oh, God. 
Never again. <laughs> Never again. You're like, tell me about it. All of my experiences in dorms have been fucking terrible. Are they ever good? I mean... I don't think so. It's strange because I've lived, like, my whole life with, like, various people telling me, like, all these great stories about living in a dorm, and it's like, couldn't ever be me. (laughs) I think that's because good things happen to them, and they happen to be in a dorm. I don't think it's because of the dorm. (laughs) I'll just say that. Yeah, but I think in the most co-living situations, I'm a little bit miserable. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like... I love you. I love living with you. It's one of my favorite things on the planet. We still drive each other a little a little crazy sometimes. Being, not that crazy. Not that crazy. But. <laughs> you make it sound like I'm just like yelling all the time about <laughs> you leaving your underwear around or whatever. But no. No, thankfully you don't yell about that. No, I just accept it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a slob too. What do you want? Listen, uh, I think we we do well together, but definitely, like, I'm a very private person. Like, I like having my space and, um, you know, being told, no, I can't, like, live off campus with my cool friend Olga. I have to be <laughs> slowly poisoned to death in the dorm is, like, horror to me. <laughs> Olga's a little bit of a bitch. I like her. She's messy. She's fun. Uh, <laughs> we didn't mention it, but earlier she's just, like... Susie and Sarah, those are names of a snake. <laughs> Which is just they like... just they talk like children, but I think it's an entertaining aspect. Well, I, I read in some of the trivia that like uh, they, they were supposed to they be were children. supposed to be children, yeah. and like some of the um, like physical framing um, is supposed to set them up to be like children height, which is really interesting. Like I hadn't really thought about it, but I do think it adds to a little bit of like the fairy taleness of the story. Oh, it's def- it definitely delivers a grandeur and the intimidation of the set and the building as well. Yeah. It makes me think of, like, um, like Pan's Labyrinth. Maybe a bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of... So, so, which movie is better? The Wizard of Gore or this one? <laughs> <laughs> this movie, hello! <laughs> Okay, I just thought I'd ask because we set that up. A few oh, right, ago. right, right. Who was it that, that said that the Wizard of Gore <laughs> was better? Juno. <laughs> yeah, Juno okay. from Juno. <laughs> that's, that's really funny. I know. Isn't it the craziest thing you've ever heard a character say? I... <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think, I think we covered it. I think that was pretty much it. I think it might be time. Is it time? Bring me the movie sack. Boom. Crash. <laughs> Pow. Go-go-boom. That's the sound of your sack. I'm flailing my sack around and it's making those heavy sounds. This is our last segment. This is where we uh, pull a literal name out of a literal sack to determine what's the movie we're going to watch next week. Uh, Opal, you're the keeper of the sack. You decide what goes in. I decide what comes out. I pull the movie at random. I've selected the movie. There's some garbage in there. (laughs) We'll see if I get any of it. Watch out. (laughs) 
You know, we haven't talked about it, but I've loved your movie sack selection thus far. Um, we're really, like, all over the place. It's great. I think it's been too positive, actually. <laughs> okay. I, I think I need to set up some uh, sabotage. <laughs> oh. All right, well. I'm gonna put caltrips in the sack. <laughs> no! Oh, what, God. What did you... you have sabotaged. What? What, what, did you, what did you get? Next week, we'll be watching Hostel. <laughs> ah! Oh, that's not even one of the worst ones. Oh, <laughs> no. All right. I've never seen Hostel, I, though. I've actually never seen it, so I'm I'm really uh, looking forward to it. I mean, I I know of Hostel, the... Um, I mean, you you have to. Yeah, the uh, 2005 Eli Roth film. We are getting into some torture porn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It'll be good. Uh, Opal, where can everyone find you on the internet? Uh, you can find all my links at opal.card.co. Uh, it's got my horror movie list on there and stuff and all my little thingies. Um, the podcast also has a Twitter at Scary Pair. And follow that if you want. Yeah, uh, tell a friend about the show. Uh, we are a word of mouth podcast. Uh, we would appreciate more listeners. Uh, oh yeah, tell people. Yeah, or uh, you know. Only if you want to. I'm yeah. not your mom. I mean, if you like the show, uh, you know, maybe other people would like it. Sure. Who knows? Uh, you can find me at putrid underscore imp on Twitter. Um, you can find my other podcast, uh, Level With You, at Level With You Pod on Twitter. That's a World of Warcraft classic podcast I do with my friend Austin. Um, but I think we're done. Okay. I think that's, I think that's a podcast. We never have a sign-off, so I never know how to end the show. <laughs> we just look at each other strangely and apprehensively. Bye, everyone. Bye. I was gonna, I was gonna do that. That's, that's so, creepy. That's so creepy. Stop copying me. Why are you so obsessed with me? You're obsessed with me. You're obsessed with Get me. out of my head. <laughs>